the beginning of the job interview process, you're just a piece of paper. Another resume submitted for the gig. You get piled up with the other papers and before you even know it, you've been placed into one of two piles, the no's or the yeses. This is the show all about getting you into the yes pile. Hey, welcome to the Yes Pile, the show that helps you transform your professional persona to land you where else? In the Yes Pile of candidates for your dream job. I'm your host, Tessa Wolf. I'm a recovering corporate manager turned career coach. I've coached hundreds of professionals in my career and I've interviewed thousands more. And now I'm here to help you navigate this brave new world and to provide you with simple and actionable advice for success at any stage of your career. My goal, help you land your perfect job and then kick ass at it. So whether you're putting off drafting that resume, actively on the job hunt, navigating hurdles in your current role, or considering a complete career switch, I'm here to share my best tips and tricks to position you for success. Today, we are talking about the great return. That's right, the return to working in the office. Now, a lot of companies are either already back or talking about opening up the office, and it's being met with really mixed reactions. Some employees are excited to get back to it, but others aren't so sure. The ability to work from home for over a year has really helped some people improve their work-life balance, and some are feeling really reluctant to get back to the office. In May, Bloomberg News commissioned a poll of 1,000 U.S. adults and found that 39% would consider quitting if their employers weren't flexible about remote work moving forward. And in just the past few weeks, the news has been showing numbers of 30 to 40% of the current workforce in the U.S., are projected to quit their jobs. That's right, 30 to 40%. And this past weekend, the Wall Street Journal reported that more people in the US workforce are leaving their jobs than at any time in the past 20 years. That is a staggering figure. So while we all know the pandemic has changed many, many things, I think one thing has become abundantly clear. Our expectations and perceptions around work and the role it plays in our lives has completely shifted. We have seen, heard, and felt the impact that working from home has had on our lives, and it has been really hard. And whether that means navigating being solo at work without your team and without that contagious office energy we all love and crave, without the support from your manager right there and the rest of the company behind you? Or is it very, very blurry lines between work and home because we're kind of cramming it all in together? It's been a lot to power through and still get your job done. And in fact, it's really been too much for some. And for others, they lost their job before they even had the chance to figure it all out. And for a lot of us, the flexibility brought on from working from home had more pluses than minuses. In some ways, we found it to be a blessing, being able to attend to household chores in between meetings, feeling comfortable in our surroundings, skipping the commute, and being able to focus on the job at hand without the standard office interruptions, or even finding ways to make time to do the little things that boost our energy and happiness throughout the day, like take a brief walk, or prep a fresh lunch, or just a quick text with a friend. Things we didn't always have when we were in the office, 
These small things were big game changers for a lot of us. And no matter how you feel about the idea of going back, I think we can all agree that this time away has given all of us a new perspective on the role that work plays in our lives. From a hustle mentality to a balanced mindset. Our collective perspective has shifted and there's something about this force work from home that has done something to really humanize all of us, right? So while work culture, as we've known it, has shifted, you know what didn't shift over the past year and a half? Productivity. Yes, seriously. The results are in and people kept working. The work got done. Businesses in a lot of ways were thriving. And so now with this looming pressure of things returning to normal, a lot of us are asking ourselves, do I want normal anymore? And for many people, that answer is no. At least that's what those staggering statistics are saying, right? So whether it's the comfort of working from home and the thought of that disappearing, or the realization that this job today is not my dream job, or maybe it's the realities of losing a partner's income and needing to make more money to support yourself and your family, or the fact that, look, people worked really, really hard during the pandemic just to keep their jobs, and now they are tired. Like, really, really tired. There are a lot of factors currently at play in the average employee's mind, and it's all enough to cause some serious emotional burnout. I recently read this stat from, there was a big survey from Lincoln Financial. They just released it, I think at the end of May, maybe the beginning of June, but the thing that stood out to me the most was this stat. 64% of current full-time employees in the US would choose a company with a less stressful work environment over a 10% higher salary. Let that sink in. Even after potentially the most insecure financial year in some of our lives, everyone wants to lower their stress. So if you're one of those employees that's feeling really anxious about being required to come back to the office, the key to surviving that transition will be to create your own boundaries rules, and expectations for what work means in your new life. Now, trust me when I say I know, whether you see it or not, that your company is very actively evaluating how to have employees return safely. Safety is the top priority for everyone. And I'm really hopeful that your company has rolled out safety guidelines and is creating an environment where you feel supported and safe to come back to the office. And if your company has started rolling out return to office dates, but hasn't unveiled a work safety plan, don't be shy. If this is something that's really keeping you up at night, ask your HR team or your supervisor about how they'll be helping everybody return safely. So with the assumption made that everyone's health and safety is being cared for, you now need to look after your own mental well-being, right? Even though we did it all before, returning to the office is a transition and should be treated as such. It has been a while since we were forced to socialize professionally, in person, face to face, and it's okay to admit we're all a little rusty 
we are. So give yourself some grace and allow yourself to feel stressed about the idea of this transition back. And then spend your time, instead of worrying, focusing on the things you can control. That's right, to ease your transition back, let's really start by taking inventory over what we've learned in the past year. So I want you to take inventory of the things that were both stressors and stress relievers from when you were forced to work from home. So let's take stock, right? Did you find it difficult to stay focused when you were at home? Did you miss the collaboration and connection with coworkers that comes from seeing one another in person? Did you lose motivation or feel disconnected from your company's bigger mission? Or are you like me? Did you have trouble turning it off at the end of the day? Cause work happens where you live and you live where you work. On the other hand, let's think about those positives. Did you absolutely love not having to commute? (laughs) Did you find yourself actually feeling more productive when you could just hunker down and get to work? Did you actually find yourself building a stronger connection with your boss or maybe your team of direct reports? What did you learn about you? What are the things you really need to feel your best and do your best work? I think we've all learned a ton about what we need to feel motivated, engaged, and actually perform at our best over the past year. So think about it. What do you need? Is it that human connection? Feeling like you're part of a team? Is it having space and quiet to focus? Having the autonomy to just get the job done? Whatever it is that did or did not work for you, take note. Now, It's your job to find a way to apply those learnings to your new world. So let's say you learned that you actually work a lot faster when you're left alone in a quiet room. When you return to the office, look into the possibility of reserving a conference room or a private workspace for time blocks during your day to allow you to focus on completing a task. Find the space you need to get the work done. Did you actually just love the fact that your boss held Zoom morning sessions for you and your team to get up to date on whatever was going on? That doesn't have to go away. Ask your boss to continue with a morning huddle every day, even though you're all back in the office, you're back in the swing of things, 10 minutes to just set the tone for the day. Express to your boss how you felt more in the loop than ever before, and it was a great motivator for starting your day. See if they're willing to keep it going. Or we used this one already, but I think a lot of people feel this one. Did you learn that your commute really put a damper on the day, right? Kind of put you in a bad mood or ruined your productivity for the first half of the day? Talk to your boss about a hybrid model where maybe you come to the office four days a week instead of five or three. And you can remain at home that one other day to cut down on the commute time, maybe lift your spirits a little bit. And what I think has been a really universal issue for everybody is that workday boundary. Right? So many of us worked odd hours, more hours, long hours, because the lines between work and home were very blurry over the past year. And on the other hand, some of us found the motivation to actually mentally clock out at the end of the day, to spend more time at home with family, doing the things we love, maybe so than ever before, right? 
I've heard that from some people that being at home has made them better prioritize what it means to be at home. So as we all head back to the office, I want you to think about this transition as the perfect opportunity to redefine and recommit to the right work day and right working ways for you. If your company is eight to five, then hold yourself accountable for arriving early, starting on time, and wrapping up when the workday ends so that you can return home to your family and your you time. No more staying till seven, eight o'clock at night. While you're there on the clock, you're gonna commit to being the most productive version of yourself so that you can get home and make the time to do the things you wanna do, which that balance, by the way, helps you become a more engaged and valuable employee when you're in the office. It really does. When you are more fulfilled and getting more out of your personal time, then you come with less burden and hesitation to the office because you're there to do your job and do it well so that you then can afford the time to do the things outside of work that fill you up. Now, I know these are all really tangible, quite specific, but realistic things that you can identify and ask for to help you adjust back to work, to help you take those learnings about what you like best and least about work and change them as we all come back to the office. But let's also be super mindful of those stressors that may come to you that are not as tangible, right? So whether that's something like just a general anxiety, or maybe you're someone who just has trouble with change, which by the way, there is nothing wrong with either of those. So feel free to own that. Whether that's you or not, you need to accept that you are absolutely going to feel this change as you return to the workplace. It's important to proactively work on eliminating or coping with the stress as the transition comes closer and closer. Think about proactively, what are some things you can do to prepare your mind, routine, and body for what it means to go back to the office? So I wanna share with you just five really simple things you can do to help relieve that intangible stress as you think about heading back to work. And these are things that you can adopt and incorporate into your days right now to help you feel ready for transitioning back to the office whenever that time comes for you. And the first one, guys, is so simple. And we talked about this before as a way to make you an efficient work from home employee. But I think this also helps you get back in the swing. And that is set a routine, a routine. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but science really proves that following a routine during the weekday helps your brain and your body prepare for the day ahead. So if you have been letting yourself sleep in until about two minutes before your first call, and I know you have, (laughs) just stop it. Starting tomorrow, we are not doing that anymore. I want you to start setting an alarm for your normal working in the office wake time, or at least somewhere in that ballpark. And when that alarm goes off, get up, shower, get dressed, get ready, eat breakfast, and then begin your workday. If you begin this routine before you are actually required to, it is one less shock and one less stressor when that big day comes because you'll already be in the swing of it and your brain and your body will be ready. And speaking of your body, I want you to remember to move it, 
right? A very simple and quick way to fight the stresses of every day is just to get up and move. And I think a lot of people during the pandemic went one of two ways. They either started paying more attention to their overall health and well-being, maybe started exercising or just getting out of the house and getting into nature when it was okay to do so. Or they went the opposite way and they stopped moving altogether, which was really easy to do in those early phases of the pandemic. But let me tell you, if you took this time to start running or make it a regular thing to just go for a walk in the middle of the day or to go outside for 30 minutes to play with your dog or your kid in the afternoon, keep doing those things. You may have to adjust the clock a little bit on those activities, but it's on you to schedule the time now to keep your body moving and get some fresh air once you get back to work. Science tells us fresh air and a little momentum literally boosts our endorphins and calms our stress almost instantly. So find a friend in the office, plan a 15 minute walk around the outside of the office, a couple laps every day, mid morning or mid afternoon, whatever works for you. And honestly, even just those 15 minutes is enough to get your heart rate going and your endorphins boosting. Use your lunch break to go for a run, get outside, sweat a little. Hopefully you have a bathroom at the office where you can clean up after. You don't want to be that guy, but use the time you're afforded to move your body and get fresh air. And honestly, if you're locked into a work day or a job where you don't have those luxuries, and I know that's a reality for many of us, wake up 30 minutes earlier and take the dog out for an adventure or leave the office on time. There's no award being handed out for the person who's just loitering the latest. If your work is done, leave and go outside and go for a walk. And honestly, in the middle of the day, I tell people this all the time. If you're feeling the weight of stress or a mental block and you don't know how to fix it and you're caught up in the moment, stand up from your desk, stand up from the table, wherever you are, and walk around the office. Move your body. Go for a five-minute jaunt around the office. This doesn't mean stopping to chat with everybody. You don't want to disrupt anyone. This means you walking. Go get a water. Go to the front door. Go to the window. Five minutes, walk around the office. Recharge. It's an immediate way to de-stress and recenter and refocus and get back to work. So that's my number two out of these five, move your body. Now, number three is to plan your days. And this is something you guys have heard from me many times. You all know how I feel about work blocks. Nothing makes you feel more in control than actually working ahead to plan out your day. I like to use the last 15 minutes of my workday to review my to-do list and set my goals for the next day. I also use my calendar tool to actually block out the time I need to get tasks accomplished and work done, and I set aside specific days to do reoccurring tasks, so expense reports every Friday morning. Implementing time blocks now will help you transition back to the office then because you will have established a routine that you know and thrive in. And if you don't know about time blocks, go back and listen to episode four where we talk all about it alongside other work from home tips that help your productivity because I firmly believe getting in control of your day now will make you feel empowered and confident when you return to the office. Now, number four Cut out the negativity. This is going to be hard for so many of us. Listen, this is a rule in life, not just work. Remove the negative people and you will find yourself 
feeling a lot more positive. So look, when the time comes to go back to the office, or maybe you're hearing and feeling this now, it will be natural for people to be scared, to be frustrated, to complain, and to vent about their frustrations. And if you're one of those folks that people gravitate towards because you have an open ear and an open mind, they might come to you in spades. They might start really venting, really complaining. Let me tell you something. Complaining and negativity is a habit waiting to be formed. These are really infectious behaviors, right? If you're around it too much, whether you agree or not in the moment, you will start to absorb and emit the same energy. So if you start participating in this and giving in to the complaints, before you know it, this becomes your workplace culture. This becomes what you yourself are cultivating. And it definitely will not help you with the transitional stress. When you are solely focused on the negative and engaging in tons of negative fodder, it is going to add to your stress and likely create boundaries and blocks that don't exist. You're going to be taking other people's concerns, particularly if you're a very empathetic person, and you're going to be making them your own, which is just creating real problems that maybe weren't there beforehand. So before it's even an issue, I really, really want you to make a conscious effort to cut the negativity. So that can happen in a lot of ways. Practice awareness for what you're saying. Stop spreading negative energy and thoughts about going back to the office when you're talking with your work friends, your team, your boss, your colleagues, right? Be intentional and deliberate about disengaging from negative discussions. Tell people who just want to get together and complain that you don't want to do that anymore. Now, listen, it doesn't mean that you don't feel those things. And I don't want anybody to think we're ignoring feelings. Not at all. But what it means is you're making a decision to not fester in that emotion. Instead, you're going to refocus that energy into action. And this is where change happens. When you refocus that energy into action, you change your mindset to think about what can I do to change this, this way I'm feeling, this thing I'm experiencing, this thing being asked of me. What can I do to make this better? And once you start to change your mindset and focus on action, you're then in a position to ask that provocation of others, particularly if you have a close-knit group of friends at work and you guys share a lot and they're feeling really negative. Be the person that inspires action. Invite them to discuss action and feelings versus negativity and despair. And bring actionable ideas forward to those guys. Don't sit on them if there's something bringing a lot of people down and you're aware of it. And no one knows how to say anything to the boss or to HR, but you have an idea for how you could maybe fix it or make it easier or better. Speak up. Staying away from the negativity will give you the freedom to focus on solutions and proactivity, which makes you a much more valuable employee a much more enjoyable colleague, and probably a lot happier human being. So change that negative mindset into a proactive mindset, and don't be afraid to speak up and ask questions about what we can do 
to shift the realities to better support people as they're transitioning back to the office. And I've said this before, but employers are much more open-minded and open to creative solutions than ever before. So if you are that person in the office that people go to and you're hearing repetitive themes about fears or things we could be doing better, speak up. Come with a solution and an idea and be the person that inspires change. And number four, the fifth thing I think that can really help you navigate those intangible stressors that you might be feeling when you think about going back to the office is to take advantage of any support or assistance provided. A lot of companies have introduced new employee support programs or offerings over the past year. And that can look like a variety of things. That could be employee-led discussion groups and support groups to therapy reimbursements to even not in-house, but contracted therapists that are available for free to current employees. And I know you're thinking, oh, therapy, woo, this got serious. But listen, take advantage of these things they're offering you if you, you if you are feeling stressed and anxious about the idea of going back to work and your company has put these resources in place, take advantage of them. Talk with one another, talk with a professional, share your feelings, share what you're excited for, Share what you're nervous about. Plan events with your colleagues for when you return back to the office and be a part of shaping the culture you want to go back to. If they are giving you the opportunity to have these conversations internally, do it. And guys, know that it's absolutely okay. It's actually very important to address what we're all going through. Let's not ignore it. This is weird. We've had a crazy year and going back to the office comes with a lot of baggage. So if you are feeling confused, overwhelmed, or frustrated, don't ignore it. And if your company offers free access to therapy or reimbursement for the cost, don't be too proud to take advantage of it. And if you can find a supportive, proactive, action-oriented group of peers within the company that wanna work together to help one another ease back into it, join arms with them. By verbalizing how you're feeling and planning ahead for the transition back, you're giving yourself the opportunity to return to work better than ever, truthfully. And two more thoughts for you as we close out this subject today. First, I know not everyone went through this pandemic the same way. So while you're coming out of this with a new definition around what works best for you and what doesn't, Know that not everyone will be in alignment with you. We all had different experiences and what we want to return to looks different for all of us. So think about that grace we appreciated while working from home, that humanization factor that we all kind of felt. Let's practice that as we return back to the office. Let's show people some grace and give people the space to adjust on their own time. We'll all be better for it. We really will. And my last thought for you is if you are one of those people who are paralyzed by the idea of going back to the office, or if you're just feeling like you know this is no longer the job for you, well, I would normally tell people to really follow their gut and really do some soul searching about next steps. I wanna be really, really open with y'all. I want you to be mindful to not just quit right now without a job 
without a plan. Those statistics at the top of this podcast are startling. This is not the time to jump because you're scared or because you're burned out. It is really, really hard to find a job out there. I work every day with amazing professionals who have spent six months to a year to beyond that, trying to find a job. There are so many amazing candidates out there applying for jobs daily in much higher numbers than we've ever seen before that it is not easy to get hired. You may think, I am super talented at what I do. I could easily walk in the door at another sales organization, another brand, another nonprofit, and guess what? I would say normally you probably could. And I do want you to channel that confidence. But what I want you to do is repurpose it into growing and asking for the change you need to get opportunity and space and support at your current job to do more, to perform better, to do bigger and better things for the company. Your boss wants to hear that you want that. So let's take all that ambition and entrepreneurial spirit you're feeling and that itch to jump. And instead, I want you to pause, think about what you can action and what you can ask for to change your current work environment. And then give your company and yourself the opportunity to meet again. This is a whole new world. And your company is going through a lot of evolution just the same way that you feel you are. They won't know you need change unless you ask for it. So instead of jumping blindly without a new opportunity in front of you, take a moment, take a breath, take inventory of what you want, what you need, and honestly, what you contribute to that company, the value you bring, and then approach your manager with an honest and frank discussion about when you return to the office, you'd like to create a plan to get you to X. They're not going to do it for you. You need to take the leap and the braveness you're feeling about potentially quitting and turn that into thoughtful proactivity to help build your career where you are right now. I'm telling you, just give it time. And honestly, if you take the liberty to establish and request the boundaries and changes that would keep you happier and help you work better, they will listen. Companies are more open than ever before to changes if it means keeping great employees on board, engaged, and performing. So instead of jumping, ask yourself, what would I change if I could? And then bring your actionable thinking to your boss and ask for the changes you'd like to see. You may be surprised at their response. Okay, something I do every episode is take a real life question from you and answer it. And this week's question came to me through my email club, which you can sign up for that on my website at tessawolf.com. I do share um, brand new news, special access and tools to helping you get your resume and career in order all through that email club. But when I announced the summer resume revival a week ago today, I got some really great emails back from people already in my network asking questions. And a question that came to me said, will you be teaching about ATS-friendly resume building at this workshop? And for those of you who don't know, ATS means Applicant Tracking System. And a lot of companies, particularly bigger companies, use this 
it's really an AI filter to scan all the resumes they get in for a job. And they're scanning for things like keywords, years of experience, titles, etc. So a lot of today's resumes are just not ATS friendly, particularly the really beautiful ones. And it's things you'd never suspect, you guys, little triggers that just failed this system. And when they do, your resume gets taken out of the running because the computer can't read it. And it's just a whole thing. So if you're interested in learning how to optimize your resume to combat the ATS world we live in, the answer is yes. We will talk about that during the summer resume revival. And if you're also literally starting from scratch and making a brand new resume and you're like, what's ATS? This is a whole new layer. I don't know how to navigate. We're going to start and literally go through step by step how to build a really smart resume that tells the story you need to tell, but is ATS friendly. And that will all happen on July 10th during the live virtual workshop we're calling the Summer Resume Revival. Pre-registration's open now. I was so excited to see many of you signing up last week. You still have time to sign up. We're doing small groups. We might break it into a few small groups depending on how many people register, but you can register at tessawolf.com right now. It's a live virtual class. I'm gonna teach you to tell that professional story, evaluate and elevate your most important skills to better sell yourself for the job you want, and craft a killer resume for the position and job you want to go after, not just the job you have right now. And I'm also gonna teach you guys how to never write another cover letter from scratch. I promise, I've got a formula and we're gonna share it. So in addition to the workshop, you know, I'm giving away my personal resume writing guide, three editable resume templates, and access to the cover letter template. So you're actually gonna be able to lift and shift it, use it for yourself for every job you apply for. And all of that is only $99, which is a worthy investment in your future for sure. So like I said, space is limited. If you're interested, visit tessawolf.com today, register, join us at the Summer Resume Revival Workshop, Saturday, July 10th. If you have a work question or an idea for a future show, hit me up. This show is for you, so let me know how I can help. You can drop me a line at connect at tessawolf.com or message me on Instagram at the Yes Pal Podcast. Now, next week, we are workshopping. It's my favorite thing to do. So next week is for all of you managers in the making. I'll be going over 10 tips for becoming the manager you always wanted. You don't want to miss it. Before we go, if today was at all helpful for you and you learned something from the work we did together, please do me a favor and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling extra inspired and generous, please give us a rating and review. For more career advice, inspiration, and fun, follow us on Instagram at the Yes Pile Podcast. Until next time, cheers, everyone.